Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 66. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So we have got a great guest on the show. We've already had some fantastic conversation pre-setting the record button off. It is Scott Beebe. Now, Scott is the founder and head coach of MyBusinessOnPurpose.com and the host of Business On Purpose podcast. So there's no pressure on here. Um, He liberates small business owners from the chaos of working in their business and helps them to get their lives back by articulating and implementing intentional vision, mission, values, systems and processes. Scott, it's great to have you on the show. Jeff, it is a delight. I am so excited uh, to be able to hang out. No, I'm really looking forward to this. And Scott, can you just give us a, a bit of a background about what sort of your journey and what brought you to this point today? You know, what we tell people a lot, Jeff, is is we've got kind of a um, a, a bit of a nonlinear blueprint that has gotten us to this point where we've got, I grew up all over the United States, literally kind of circled the continent. Uh, my father is an engineer. And so we just followed the work, followed the promotions. I ended up uh, living in Portland, Oregon at the first part of high school and then finished high school in Greenville, South Carolina. So literally the two extremes of the country and quite frankly, for the majority, with the exception of Alaska, of the continent on either side. And so I got to see a lot of culture, ended up going to the University of South Carolina, graduated there, went to theology school after that, and uh, got a master's in theology, graduated with that, and then I did the most obvious thing that a theological student would do. I went to work for a pharmaceutical company uh, right out of theology school. So from around uh, 2001 until today, Jeff, my life has been a mix of global global multinational corporations, very small uh, faith-based nonprofit organizations, and a host of everything in between. And so to get to kind of where we're at today, Ashley and I will celebrate 20 years here in the next uh, six months, which we're so delighted for and excited about. And we've got a 16, 14, and 12-year-old that we have a whole lot of fun with uh, and all along that journey. But that's kind of how we got to where we were doing. So it's a a real uh, melting pot Mm. of background and experience and not at any point along the way, Jeff, could I say, oh my gosh, this is what's preparing me for that. Yeah. It's it's interesting that, isn't it? Because I think that life has its funny ways of, I don't know what your views on this, but for some reason, your, the, your struggles that you go through or your, or your rewards and everything else and your experiences ultimately drive you to, in some way, shape and form, ultimately where we end up. Well, they're the ingredients. Yeah. Uh, they're absolutely the ingredients that make kind of the final product. And that's even what we, we've got a definition of the word culture. Culture is actually a biological term. And what culture is, everybody says, I want to build a great culture, build a great culture. We have to look at your ingredients because culture is nothing more than when, you know, sunshine, air and water come into contact with the elements and those elements that you've got in place, that's, what's going to kind of breed the culture that comes out of it. So the culture, if you will, that we're living today is really nothing more than kind of a summation of all of those various parts over the last 18, 20 years. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Okay, so let's let's dive into this because there's, let's there's go. loads of stuff that you um, <laughs> that you do and I'm really, and one of the things that I'm really 
interested in is liberates small business owners from the chaos of working in their business. And it's something that I often um, am faced when working with my clients is they don't, they, they get stuck in it rather than working on it. And it's a, it's a really, you know, it's almost like an epidemic in certain small business sizes mm-hmm. that, they're, that they're not really paying attention to the, where their focus is. And why do you think that is? So let's take your word of epidemic. Mm. I don't feel like the majority of culture really understands the reality of that word that you just used. Mm. And here's why. And Jeff, I don't want to speak uh, kind of for the UK and where you're at, but in, in don't but worry, you I will. can <laughs> Yeah, you can certainly speak for it. So let's let's see if we can contrast cultures yeah. and come to kind of a middle ground and mm. see if there's synergy across, you know, at least in the in the western world mm. around this. So what we have, at least here in the United States and then let's bring your context into this, is if I were to line up 20 business owners here in the US, let's say small business owners between in US dollars 250,000 a year to 5 million a year, somewhere mm. in that range less than 20, 25 employees and down all the way to one. If I line them up and put them in a small town like we live in or a a village or township and got everybody in the population around and those business owners were sprinkled in, Mm. the comments I would hear are, oh, there's Jeff. You know, he owns X and there's Cindy. She owns X. Man, they're really killing it. Hey, there's Jeff. I saw his truck drive by the other day. He's got to be killing it. Mm. There's a huge need for his thing. And so those are the comments that go on in the crowd when small business owners walk in. That's so-and-so. They own such-and-such, and and they're killing it. That's the script that we've all been given. And you'll know this uh, maybe better than most just because of an empirical background, uh, you know, as a a member of the queenship, if you will, and royalty, is – The old phrase, the emperor wears no clothes. And so what people don't realize in the in the crowds is that if I lined up 20 business owners, one knows exactly what they're doing. Three kind of have it together. And 16 metaphorically, of course, are wearing no clothes. Yeah. They literally wake up on a Monday. And as one business owner told me last week, throw a Hail Mary every day. No, I think I think I think that's a, f- a fair grasp of certainly the people I speak to anyway. I mean, I think is is you you look at that sort of thing and you see people and you know, and I, I'm not going to be um, naive enough to say or or, or or lie about. It. I'll be completely transparent. That's where I was when I first started. My mm. my mission was to help people, and I that's what I did. I showed up every day. I opened my door. I helped the people, and that was it. The I didn't have the strategy the purpose or anything else. It wasn't until later on where the business wasn't working, should I say, that all of a sudden you realize that, wow, okay, I need direction. But not only that, Mm -hmm. I need to plan what I'm doing. There's no point, as you say, wake up in the morning and go, Mm -hmm. okay, let's just do some social media today. Or let's just, (laughs) I think I'll work on my website today. Because if you don't have, you know, as you talk about, is you talk about that vision, vision, mission, vision. We'll start using that one. That's a a mixture of amalgamation of both. You know, a vision, mission, values, the systems and process. If you don't have them in place, then how can you actually, you know, not only do what you're doing in the present, but how can you plan for the future? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what... It's akin to asking a car to drive with no wheels Hmm. Uh, or even worse, 
it's akin to asking a car to drive with no destination. Because when you ask a car or somebody to drive a car with no destination, essentially what you're doing is you are bastardizing resources at that point. You're <clears throat> taking the fuel that's in the car, the mechanics that are in the automobile, and you're just saying, I'm going to wear and tear and consume and consume and consume with no end game in mind. And we're just going to go in circles and circles and circles. And a lot of times people kind of roll their eyes at me. I've seen it before uh, when they roll their eyes when I bring up the word vision, mission, and values. Because they go, yeah, 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 I've done that. I've done that. You know, we did that at XYZ Corporation. We did that for our small business. But all that ever happens is it goes up on a plaque and we never look at it. And and I, I usually kind of just sit and listen until they're done. And I say, you know, what you just said is so crucial is that you never looked at it. And Joe Callaway says vision without implementation is hallucination. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not that I'm looking for a perfect vision. No. It's not that any of us are looking for a perfect vision. No. It's, it's, hey, I, it, you know, if my destination is Manchester, mm. then I've got a vision. It, it doesn't have to be entirely detailed. Now, we want it to be detailed. We're going to try and drill down to the detail. That's what we do. But just give me something. Give me a direction to where we can take that automobile so we're not just consuming to consume but we're actually going somewhere yeah and it's it, and it's that as you, as you met as we talked about in the bio it's that they're spending time working in it not on it absolutely and so what happens when you begin to work in the business um and again and this is where i want to bring in your insight jeff to figure this out because here what happens is there, there, here are the, here are the phrases, uh, that we hear all the time. One phrase, as I mentioned, was a brand new one. We just heard last week, Scott, I feel like we're throwing Hail Marys all day in our business. Yeah. We hear we're constantly putting out fires, Scott, we're being pulled in 17 different directions. Those are the symptomatic phrases of somebody who's working in their business. Mm. And I think it was Chuck Blakeman who said it best in his book, um, making money is killing your business. He said, it's a business owner that's on a treadmill. And that treadmill is always going. And if you want revenue to come in, you better get on the treadmill. And if you want revenue to stop, you better get off the treadmill. Is this, mm. Jeff, for what you see in Western Europe, is this, is there synergy between yeah. what I'm saying no, here and what you see? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a lot of it is, is you, you know, it's people, people sometimes is, is you find that people, especially the small business owners, they start the business without really thinking about what is entailed in running a business and running a successful one. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I've, I've been very fortunate because my, my grandfather owned his own company, my father-in-law owned his own company, and I could see that as I was in my early years and when I was young, watching this, the challenges that they had, the, the, you know, the, and as you say, them constantly on that treadmill. They never stopped. Luckily, they love what they did. Um, mm. but at the same time, again, that, that's, that's, uh, the dangers in that is another conversation. But the, the other thing is, is the, it is that, is that always about, in fact, why I had that conversation with my wife just recently where I said, you know, in, in 10 years I've been doing this, running this business, I've never paused once mm. for, for, for anything. If, if, if it's not working on where's the business going, it's, or creating a new product or, you know, looking at why things failed or whatever, there is, you can't ever stop. And I love that. That's, that's the fuel that keeps me going in one aspect, mm -hmm. but it's, it's that thing of going, you can't ever stop. You've always got to develop. You've always got to look at something 
in slightly different. My 16-year-old son came in today and he went, Dad, wouldn't it be great if podcasting was done in VR? So you could actually, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I've never even thought of that. But son, yeah. I'm going to, you know, almost like you get the people in the room as an audience kind of like thing. And you just look at going, okay, my brain's going off on on that one. But so it's that it's that thing of that momentum is always going forward. And if you are in the trenches all the time and you're not lifting your head up for that perspective view of going, well, am I even moving in the right direction? Mm -hmm. Has anything changed? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as we talked about at the beginning, you know, before we started recording, you know, people are bombarded with what they should do with content marketing or, you know, what they should be doing with how to get their message out. And if you've got Joe Bloggs who's working on their own and they're supposed to be trying to market their business at the same time do all of the social media because they're told they should go to every social media account. They should do everything on video and, you know, learn how to make videos and everything. All of a sudden this overwhelm is just crazy. Mm. And mm-hmm. where and they but they know they can't pause, but they don't pivot. And it's mm-hmm. and it's that challenge, isn't it, that that they do that. And, and and I think actually that's one of the benefits of having a coach or having a support network, of being able to speak to someone who isn't judgmental and goes, well, okay, this is where you are, but where is it that you're wanting to go? And, okay, let's put the support systems in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it brings up an interesting idea of what the difference between a consultant and a coach is. A consultant mm-hmm. – and they're worth every penny if you get a good consultant, yep. will come in in your industry. They will have spent 20, 30, 40 years in your industry, and they will usually bring some really stellar best practices mm. and some game-changing ideas. What a coach does is a coach is not necessarily better than you in your industry. In fact, the coach may not know your industry at all. Yep. What the coach does is studies the game, helps you to game plan what's already in your head, but is totally disorganized because you're on the treadmill being pulled in 17 different directions, constantly putting out fires, throwing Hail Marys, et cetera. And then shows up, and this is probably the biggest value of a coach. Again, go back to Joe Callaway, vision without implementation is hallucination. Mm -hmm. Biggest value of the coach is you met on a Tuesday and you meet again next Tuesday and they kick your rear in and ask you, did you do what you said you were going to do last Tuesday in line with the vision that you've written out? Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, it's it certainly completely changed the way I no, no Well, I hired a coach originally for for in the sooner getting my life back on track, but mm. I soon realised that, and my, I know for a fact my coach hadn't gone through what I went through, but it was mm. but it was all of a sudden to go. I've got someone. It's I. You know, you don't want to let anyone down, mm-hmm. but you're happy to mm-hmm. let yourself down. That's exactly right. You know, we're the first ones to let down when yeah. things go south. Yeah. yeah, we're the first person to talk to ourselves like a pile of rubbish, and we're the first per- people to to sort of go, "Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. Mm. Well, it's, it's only mm. me." You know, and I think that's the that's the things. So, based on based on one of the things, one of the things that you talked about in in the intro is about systems and processes. So, mm. what type of what type of things when you are working with your working with some of your clients let's use it, some of them as examples mm-hmm. is what sort of systems and processes do you look at or seem to be the most common ones that come up to help them pull themselves out from working in and start looking at working on 
Yeah. So this is a, this is a tough one. And it used to be where I would jump right in and pick a few. And now what we've realized is pulling the camera back and running a small business. It's not about the processes themselves. Mm -hmm. It's really initially about the substructure that supports the processes. So for instance, if we started a business that sold guitars and we went straight to the, how to make a guitar process. Yep. We still don't have a successful business because as soon as we sell that guitar or as soon as we have to do payables for the materials that we bought to build the guitar, now we've got business operations running in the background that are not being supported because all of our focus is on how to actually build the guitar. Mm. And we haven't even talked about marketing yet. And so what's crucial for processes and for a small business owner to understand is when we see somebody who's a guitar maker, they need to think of themselves as a business owner that happens to make guitars rather than a guitar maker that happens to run a business. And I know for the Uber craftsman, that's going to be really hard to do because you know, the, the, the love of the craft, but here's my argument. What's more humane for the love of the craft? Is it for you to sit down and drill out guitars, but not being able to sell them and not being able to pay your bills? because you don't have a substructure to support that? Or is it more humane towards your craft to build a great substructure of business that then teaches other people how to build great guitars? And when you get the itch, dive right in because you're not so ground in the treadmill of your business because you're, you're, you're knee deep in payables and knee deep in customer follow-up and knee deep in uh, material ordering and all these sorts of things Mm. that you can actually watch the process of this incredible craft of guitar making and then when you get the itch, man, jump in because you've got processes. Uh, you've got a substructure that's holding processes for all of your accounting, for all your bookkeeping, for all your tax liabilities, for your material sourcing and everything else. So all of that is being suspended by mechanics and physics, which allows the emotion and the relationship to then flourish. But when you're stuck making guitars, sourcing the material, bending the wood, you can't, you can't stop to go to lunch. You can't take a phone call from your child who wants to chat for 30 minutes. You can't do that. And so what's more humane and pure to the craft is to build a business substructure, a boat, if you will, that then holds the love instead of just trying to let the love float on the water because it's going to sink. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And also, is is I think one of the other things is, is when you are working to that, to that level of pressure, you've got to be very, very careful that you're not going to burn out which ultimately will have that you know will have that effect on your ultimate level of performance which means you're not going to be as good as you would like to be because there's your illness and your health and everything else is affecting you yeah and, and it's that it's sometimes it's it's that working smarter and getting that substructure right allows you to work a lot smarter but also maintain a good mental health which means that you're 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 going to be able to maintain that optimum level of performance for longer than actually have all of a sudden as you find out you're ill and you can't work. So therefore your business takes a tank anyway. When you start a business on a wish, Jeff, with no substructure, vision, mission values, et cetera, when you start a business on a wish, biology and physics are immediately against you. Yeah. And the physics are against you because the substructure holds the business, which runs everything so that you can enjoy the craft. That's, that's, that's mechanics, that's systems, et cetera. The biology is against you because of what you just said about the human body. Mm. 
you know, we, we'll we'll look at the exceptions in the world. Some some you know, I think I think I heard that President Trump sleeps like three hours a night, and you know, he's seventy something or whatever he is. You know, that he's the exception. If it's that's even Canadian. true, I don't even know if it's true, but he's the exception. So don't base reality, especially biological reality, on the exception that's you know on yeah. CNN or Fox News or yeah. or the BBC or whatever. Yeah. When you decide to build a business on wishing. Physics and biology are against you. Yeah. Um, and you might, you know, there's some, I'm a, I'm a faith-based guy. Mm. There are other faith-based people who might go, well, Scott, that's not faith. No, 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 no. You're right. It's not faith. Yeah. That's anti-faith. It's wishing. It's no preparation, no. no using the skill that you have. What's faith is planting seeds, watering the seeds, sunshining the seeds, doing all that you can to the seeds. Mm. And then those seeds kind of grow and you can't explain that. That's yeah. faith. No, that makes complete sense. That makes complete sense. Hi, so I just want to say a huge thank you for the influx of emails and questions that have been sent after episode 65 about creating and planning an, an exceptional year for 2018. So what I've done is I've looked at some of the questions and I've looked at the common ones and I've put together some bonus content, a little video that goes through some of the questions that I've been asked for you to have a look at and all you've got to do to get access to it is click on the link in the show notes i hope you like it enjoy take care and i'll speak to you soon but anyway we are we are going to dive into the second part of the show where i get an opportunity to put you on the hot seat and um ask you a set of questions so question number one is how many times a week do you spend on self-development I've thought about this question, Jeff, when I saw that you were going to ask it. I've struggled with this, but let, let me give you a framework of my self-development, okay. and then I've kind of put an, an hourly structure to it. Okay. Um, my personal uh, devotion time in the morning is part of uh, development. Also, uh, throughout the week, I, I usually average about two books a month. Sometimes I read more, sometimes I read less. Okay. And then I'll usually average about two to three podcasts that I listen to per week. That's not including the podcasts that I do per week. And I do consider that professional development mm -hmm. because I'm teaching. And yeah. so when I'm teaching on my podcast, I'm reinforcing message and learning how to kind of craft that message. But if I just did personal, or personal devotion, podcast listening, and uh, reading. And then, of course, you know, periodic conferences throughout the years and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also in mastermind. So if I added all of that together, I would probably say anywhere between six to 10 hours a week okay. is focused just on personal development. Fantastic. Brilliant. Okay. Um, how long have you masterminded? Three years. Okay. Uh, learned it, jumped right in, uh, lead masterminds and am in mastermind, full believer in, in the masterminding concept. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing concept once people really get to grasp with it. I agree. Okay, so question number two is, what's your favorite personal development book and why? <laughs> All right, so this is uh, this is going to be kind of a two part thing. Okay, um, and and it's it's. It, this was a tough one too. My favorite book of all time, outside of the Bible, is a book written by uh, a late philosopher from the uh, University of Southern California named Dallas Willard, and it's it's a book called The Divine Conspiracy. And uh, it, for, for those who are uh, kind of faith-based in their core, they're, it's a tough read. I'll just tell you, it's a tough read. It's a very analytical read. But those who want to really dive deep and understand 
the, their own persona as it relates to God's development of people, et cetera. It's an incredible book, but you got to go all in when you read the book. So that's okay. one area. Now, I can also say people who are not very faith-based, yeah. in fact, I've had a couple of friends who are atheists. They're usually the ones I actually recommend the book to mm-hmm. because they're the ones that can kind of go at it most analytically. And it's just a killer, killer book. Then there's another one that's uh, really whimsical and interesting. And it goes with the topic of systems and processes. It's written by an author named Atul Gawande, and he's a Harvard-trained surgeon, and he wrote a fun little book called Checklist Manifesto. And it's not the most impactful book on me, but my goodness, for somebody who loves systems and processes like I do, to understand the origins of that is really crucial. And Atul Gawande does probably a better job than anybody I've seen at giving you kind of the history, the genealogy of a checklist. And when you appreciate checklists and systems as much as I do, it's fun to go back and, and learn that history. Brilliant. I love his name as well. I'm not even going to <laughs> attempt to spell that one. I'll find that somewhere on there. So if you just Google A-T-U-L, A-T-U-L, that's his first name or his given name. And he's actually got a great TED Talk too. Uh, ah, if you right, Google okay. a tool, TED Talk, yeah, or Checklist I've, Manifest, or whatever you I've can see him, it there. I've got him. I, that's that's in the show notes already, so I don't have to really worry <laughs> about that one. Okay, fantastic. Okay, the question number three is, what is your favorite app? My favorite app, uh, okay, I'm going to take two parts real quick. Google Drive is my favorite app because we use Google to run 95% of our business. Okay. Um, and I don't get paid by Google to say that. In fact, I think they okay. take all of my personal information. So I'm probably paying <laughs> them somehow. But, I think they take everyone's personal information. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the most fun app I've, I've used most often recently is the Boss Jock app. Now, as you mentioned before, I'm a podcaster. We've totally shifted our podcast, and I'm actually using my phone to do our podcasting right now. And I'm doing it with the Boss Jock app. It's a cool little podcast studio right there on your phone. That's really good. Um, I've just had a look while you were saying that, and it's, I don't know. Um, well, I'm going to see if you can get it from the eye. It says, boss, it says it's, we're, we're re- reinvented an awesome new app. So <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, um, that's a great idea, actually, because then it reduces all of the, all of the clutter. Yes. Maybe. As I'm Which sitting here with can be filled with clutter. Yeah, three screens, <laughs> one mic, headphones, you know, the works just in order to do that right. So yes, that's definitely going on the show notes. Okay, so question number four. What's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? Mm. Wow. So I I'm gonna go back uh to this is right before we actually started the business on purpose platform. Uh, I was the international director of a faith-based non-governmental working in Nigeria. I was based out of the U.S., but we were back and forth to Nigeria all the time. And my biggest mistake was that I, I did not leverage shrewdness well enough. I was way, way too blindly naive okay. in the goodwill of others and did not value shrewdness. And the, the reason I love shrewdness is because shrewdness is a practice that is, uh, it's a discipline that's practiced by very, very wise historic people. I know it's not something that we value necessarily here recently, but in history, we value shrewdness. And so I'm trying to learn more about that because that was my biggest mistake, is I didn't leverage shrewdness, and now we're trying to implement that better. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think a lot of these, some of these skills, we look at them from a cultural point of view, and we don't adopt them. 
and and because of that, it's like because like shrewdness could have a bad con- a connotation to it. So it's, it's absolutely well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people look at it negatively, and yeah. I think that's in part because we don't really know what it is, and it makes us yeah. a little nervous to say it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So question number five is: What are your challenges in harmonizing work and life, and how do you manage them? Mm. Biggest challenge, and I feel like we're doing a better job of managing this, Jeff, but the biggest challenge is finally succumbing, especially when you're a a people guy. I really do want people to be happy. I don't like to be a jerk. I've been around jerks before. I don't like to be around them, and I don't want to be one to other people. And so when I highly scheduled my week to serve the heroic small business owners that we get to serve, it inevitably meant that I had to say no a lot more than I'm than I'm comfortable with saying no. Okay. And so I, I've gotten over that a little bit. I've realized in talking with others that I'm much farther ahead than I thought I was in that because I've actually had to counsel others on how to do that. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing that better than I thought. But I'm still struggling, Jeff, with the tension of I've got dear friends who I want to spend more time with. But because of the week is so highly scheduled, because of the nature of what we do, I don't have that margin yet. And so it's it's a it's a it's both a now and not yet kind of tension mm-hmm. or challenge yeah. that we're working through. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. Question number seven is no six, sorry, is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? I would just go, I'd go back to Joe Calloway. Vision without implementation is hallucination. And I would almost just leave it at that. Yeah. Says everything on the tin. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The question number seven, um, you might not have these questions actually, is what is your definition of success? My definition of success is living out our vision to liberate small business owners from the chaos of working in their business from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then our definition of success from the family standpoint, our mission as a family is to be a gospel motivated light through adventure, creativity, and time around the table. And so we measure success through our family vision and through our business vision once every month for the business and once every two months for our family. Fantastic. Brilliant. I bet there's not many people that does that do that. That's I don't know. We want more to. We want more to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, question number eight is, do you have a morning habit that gets you into an optimum state for your um, day ahead? Yes. My morning habit starts the night before around 9.30 or 10. If I can get in bed during that framework, then my morning gets started really well. And uh, my morning routine is simply get up and throw myself out of the house to go sweat for 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, I don't care how I sweat. It doesn't bother me. I just need to go sweat. And then I come in and I do some uh, Bible reading and some prayer time. I've got a prayer sheet on a spreadsheet and, uh, and so that kind of keeps me focused on things mm-hmm. and that whole process takes me about, uh, 50 to 60 minutes. Wow. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Question number nine is the life lesson question. So pick a number between one and 50 and we shall see what life lesson you choose. I'm going to go with my old college roommates, football number 31. Number 31 is, where's 31 gone? Oh, there it is. Positive people. Okay, so this is basically about surrounding yourself with the right type of people. Um, one of the things that I noticed that when I was, especially when I was ill, was that I was surrounding myself with people 
who were like me, who were extremely negative, who were the the naysayers who didn't think there was any chance of recovery. And the people, what I noticed was, is it was sapping any hope I had, but it was also sapping any um, any desire of belief that there was a possibility I was going to get well. What I also noticed is as I started my business, there was those people who possibly were in working in their business most of the time and not on it. Um, they were talking about all the reasons why nothing was going to be successful and how I should be doing things and everything else, which was their belief structure, not actually reality. Mm. And what I noticed was it was such an important part, being a massive important part of my um, of my development is to make sure that the people around me are the, be- the a, a positive um, in, empowerment and inspiration to me, to the point where I actually rate the people around me out of um, out of ten. Um, hmm. And if they're lower, if they're lower than eight, um, I need to check what I need to do to help them become more positive. Um, hmm. I need to check to see if it's me, um, or I need to ditch them and make sure that I've got at least not when I say ditch them, I don't mean like I'm just not your friend anymore. Um, (laughs) You know, you can't follow me. I've moved. Um, It's, it's just to go, actually, I need to see less of them because I need to be motivated in the right way. So, and I Mm -hmm. wondered what your thoughts were. The, uh, it's interesting. You're bringing this up two weeks ago, Ashley came home and, and kind of laid out a challenge. She said, I want us to do three things that we're grateful for in the morning and three things that we're grateful for each evening. Mm. And I actually had a little, just a cheap little journal. And I'd say I'm averaging on the last uh, two or three weeks, we've been doing this a couple of days a week. I'll write it out in the morning. And I am amazed at how you begin to see the negativity in, in not just in other people, but in myself as well. Mm. And, you know, it goes back to that quote, you, you are the no, what is it? The five people you surround yourself yeah, yeah, with or something some like that. So people, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you want to surround yourself with trash, then don't yeah. be shocked when all yeah. of a sudden you start to stink yeah. kind of thing. So yes, totally with you on that. I'm trying to do more and more of that. Yeah. Um, and have this healthy balance of saying, you know, there's some people that are really negative people, but what they need is they need the light. They need positivity. They need those absolutely. sorts of things. Yeah. And, and I think there's a, there's a, there's a part of me is, is that, you know, as a as a coach and as someone who's high empathy, I naturally want to do that, and I'll do that to the point of my. What I used to do is I used to do to the detriment of my own personal health, mm. and what I've got to do is I've got to manage that very carefully because, I you know I want to help almost everyone, but That's sometimes right. I need to be at a point where I need to go. I call it being positively selfish. Sometimes mm. I need to look at me and go, okay. I actually need to just check in because whenever I'm with this person or around this group of people, they are taking everything and not really giving, and it has to be a mutual benefit. And I think yeah. it's just looking at that way sometimes and going, do you know, sometimes, and I think is you've got to also at the same time have a perspective change. I always remember the um, the talking of the paradigm shift and a shift in the um, seven habits of, highly effective people, whatever it is. Uh-huh. I can't remember the That's right. Now. That's right. And he talks about that train story. And I think sometimes you've got to stop for a second and go, okay, but what's going on in their life? Mm. And then go, okay, you know, there's, there's time where I can help, but there's time where I've got to make sure that I'm at my optimal level because positive selfishness go for me in, in the way I approach it is 
me being at my optimum level of happiness, fulfillment, and and everything else, I benefit more people. If mm. I'm being having my energy sucked out of me from people who are just taking, then actually mm. I'm not helping. I'm certainly not helping the world. I'm not helping the people around me. So mm-hmm. therefore, as I need to sometimes just take that little bit of a step back. Wow, that's insightful. Absolutely. No, I'm with you, man. I want to be on the positive train too. <laughs> fantastic excellent so unfortunately scott we have come to the end the end of the show it's it's flown by um maybe we should do it in a different time zone take it take it longer okay so um but the floor is now yours for you to share how people can find out more about you um and how they can follow you on social media and stuff well let me do this real quick first jeff i i I realize how hard it is to put together a podcast, to do all of this that you do, to stay up late and interview people around the world. I just want to tell you, thank you publicly. Uh, For those who don't know uh, how difficult it is, it's very hard. And you've built a stage and you've allowed us the opportunity to come share it. So first, thank you uh, you for allowing us to do that. Thank you. Um, where you can find us first thing you need, if you need coaching, call Jeff first, cause, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's killer option. If you need help with vision, mission values, let us know the easiest place to come and to see what we've got going on, uh, for, for heroic small business owners who are really just, they feeling chaotic is just to go to my forward slash vision. Uh, because what we've done is we kind of put our money where our mouth is. We actually took our video tutorial and template which is the very first step of our entire group coaching experience. And we just put it up for anybody to have access to. Here's the catch. We ask that you don't download it unless you're willing to put in the sweat. And it's going to take about uh, 20 minutes to watch the video, and it'll take another hour to two hours to actually really give a good shot at writing out your vision story. But it's there. And so there's really no more excuses. If you want clarity on the destination of where you're going, mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision. That's brilliant. And um, do you work with international clients, uh, Scott? 100%. We've actually, it's been crazy lately. We've got, uh, we run a group just for architects, and we've got a couple of uh, Croat architects in Croatia, and we've got, my goodness, we've probably got five or six down in South Africa, and then we've got one in the Philippines, and um, yes, just all over. In fact, that's one of our most favorite things to do, because we bring, uh, they bring different contexts that I can't bring. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I'm wishing you the greatest success, man. Jeff, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I hope you rest well tonight because I know it's late. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Take care. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. And it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me 
grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.